Okay, I have several things to tell you. First of all, Jill Sobiel, the wonderful Jill Sobiel, is here in the studio. It's the third time she's done this. The first time she did it, it was really kind of the best guest appearance anybody's ever done on our 10-year-old show. <laughs> I don't like to say that because other people are listening who've been guests and then they feel bad, but I just that's just the way it is. But we felt like that put a lot of pressure on our second appearance. Um, you know, could it be that good? But it really was. It was that good. Uh, she's here now. She's in studio. The re- I have to tell you two or three things before we begin. One of them is she's performing tonight and tomorrow night in the library of the Mark Twain House. So, and you could go. You could get in touch with the Mark Twain House and you could go and you could get tickets. Uh, and then you would be there. Uh, and you would be very close to Jill Soville and she would be like a book that you had taken off the shelf almost. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we're in the middle of a pledge drive right now. And so Jill and I decided, you know, we usually go to a break in the middle of the show and at the end of the show and, and people come on, people you don't know necessarily come on and talk about the show and why you should go. If you'll just sort of give while we're doing this, and we're going to do a little sort of pledge break that's just Jill playing and maybe some people singing and stuff. If you'll do that, if you call 1-800-584-2788 or go online, wnpr.org, and we can raise, say, you know, $1,500, $2,000 in this hour, that, that'll be a sign. I will have convinced some people that we don't need to do these kind of stuffy pledge breaks. Okay. So we're going to begin before we let Jill say or do anything. We're going to play for her a song that she's already f- forgotten writing. She wrote it last May when she was here. We told her we were doing a show about towels, and we wondered if she would be able to write a song for us about towels. And this is what happened. It's a little bossa nova. I wasn't sure that I liked him. I'm not sure if he was fun. But then he took me to his bathroom And I knew he was the one He had big, fluffy, expensive towels The kind at the Ritz he had Big, fluffy, expensive towels I let him kiss Because he had big, fluffy, expensive towels Wouldn't you? Of course you would All right, that was it how do you feel about that now? Do you think it's aged well? Well, <laughs> you, I, I mean, I didn't. You didn't know. Uh, Toby Keith has covered that song. Toby Keith has covered that Toby, song. Yeah, Toby but he Keith. does like red, white, and blue towels, right? <laughs> red, white, and blue. <laughs> blue towels. Don't give me no Russian towel. Don't give me no Turkish towel. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. Don't Tur- give me no Turkish <laughs> towel. He's turned it into like a really different kind of song, I think. Yeah. But yeah. you're getting the royalties. What do you care? Yeah, I don't I don't care. Right. I just, don't like, care. just keep cashing the checks. It's great. Cashing those Toby Keith checks. Yeah. Wow. I I I, I forgot about you that. You wrote that on the spot with absolutely, you know, no warning, no preparation whatsoever. Which is something you seem to have a facility for doing, you know? Yeah, it it, it comes and goes that facility. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, before we talk about your other facilities, I think we need to talk about the fact that there's a new uh, album out. It's called Nostalgic Kills. Um, and you were talking about it last May. I mean, you were, I think, sort of completing work on it. Maybe it was uh, already pretty much in the pipeline. But it's out now. We're going to have you do a song from it in just seconds. But you kind of did an unusual process here, right? You, you had like 100 songs, and you had another musician kind of pair them down? Well, I, had a, I, I just said 100, but it was a lot of songs. Yeah. It sounds it's good, 7,000 7, songs. Yeah. Uh, so... Part of the uh, I procrastinate. Uh, I didn't put out a record in a long time. You're a pro- part of it was procrastinatrix. You uh, yes, I need the procrastinatrix, and uh, we could talk about that more. But I um, couldn't decide 
what would be my next record. So I had my friend Ben Lee, who's a very mm-hmm. talented singer, songwriter, performer. I gave him a, a, a Dropbox of a bunch of my songs and said, make an album out of this, out of these demos. Mm-hmm. And this is this album is what he chose, and I found it really interesting. He kind of did chose the more contemplative, the more it feels like there's a wistfulness, a wistfulness, a, a, a look back. It feels like a memoir. It feels like my a book of short stories, a, a memoir. And um, I, I, I'm not sure I would have done that myself. And I, I'm, I'm really glad I gave it to him. Well, you're not so sure you would have done it yourself because you might have worried, you know, well, maybe I need to be even more of a crowd pleaser. or Maybe I have to have like some a few more sprightly. Is, is that why you wouldn't have done it yourself? Right. Yeah. He didn't pick the kind of on the, I don't know what I want to say, goofier yeah. or, 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 or even more of the political. He didn't pick the political mm. songs, which is interesting because now is such a political time. But I'm, I really, it also coincides with doing a show that's been commissioned mm. by the, the Pittsburgh City Theater that we're working on called Hashtag F Word 7th Grade. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're using uh, uh a bunch of these songs because it's really about my childhood and mm-hmm. around that that horrible time of everyone's life. Yes, it is a horrible time. Yes. Um, well, let's before we go any further, let's, you want to do something from the new album? I would love to. I, I was going to do, you know what? Here's actually one of the lighter ones, but deep down inside it's kind of pathetic. Which one? No, what is this called? Almost Great. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have to talk about this song afterwards. Okay, okay good. Okay. Let's talk about it. Very okay. good. Okay. Once I had my poems up on the schoolroom wall, my teacher told my parents that I had something special. Then she sent my essay to the Iowa Review. I didn't win a prize but got an honorable mention. Almost great. Almost great. After I left college, dropped out after two years to New York City for my musical career. I know it would have happened, but the band, they got real jobs. They all got married, moved back to Omaha. Almost great. Almost great. If I worked a little harder, I could have been a starter. Almost great. Once I had a true love, a poet just like me, who actually has a book out now, a New York Times bestseller. I don't think it's very good, I think I could do better. If only I could get myself together, almost great, almost great. If I worked a little harder, I could have been a starter. Almost great. Almost great. I hope it's not too late. Before I say goodbye, I'll give it one more try. And everybody in the world sings. Almost great. Oh, yeah. Almost great. Two more times. Almost great. Oh, that's good. 
Other people around the building are singing too, and possibly in their cars and stuff too. So we have to talk about this song because yes. there's a, there's a, a quite a bit going. It, it is interestingly kind of a bookend. I don't know if you've thought about this, um, but it's sort of a bookend to an earlier song of yours called "One of These Days." Um, uh, yes, and and so both of them deal a little bit with the issue of procrastination. Procrastination. So and, would, and, a, would a procrastinatrix yes. be a dominatrix who whipped you when you were procrastinating? Is that what a well, this is what I need. You know, yeah. I, I ha, uh, my my aunt Mickey passed a few years ago, and, and she was great. She's up in Boston, and she was my procrastinatrix. I would go. She'd take away my iPad, my iPhone, everything, mm-hmm. and she'd lock me in the room. And but she was this amazing cook, and so <laughs> she would let me out to eat, and it was great. Um, I think. I look back. Well, here's the other thing: is I was uh, diagnosed just a year ago uh, as adult ADD, mm. and I I told my friends that, and they were like, "You paid someone? <laughs> you paid someone to tell you that?" Um, but it's also I like this doctor because they were saying, you know, this is this is what. Probably has made you. This explains creative. everything. This explains yeah. it, and and maybe you don't want to fix that. Right. So you have to figure out other ways other than medicating, and so I think sometimes I do. I want to start a business. How about you and I, called procrastinatrix, where people who are you know, don't have bosses, don't have mm-hmm. regular jobs, they want to do a screenplay or they want to clean the house. Is we go to their house, we. We'll have outfits like maybe like Century leather? Twenty. Maybe well, oh, no, no. This you want... is not a sexual thing. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. Okay, so, but you want I'm gold blazers. Cl- you want gold blazers. Gold blazers. Yeah. Where it says procrastinatrix, and know. we we take everyone's their their their. Do we have like cat ears or something. I don't, I don't want to just wear a gold blazer. Yes, we can okay. make whatever you want. It can be a great outfit. <laughs> She's already losing patience. No, with no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm there with you. This is we, I compromise. Yeah. Right. Um. And we go to people's houses. We we do the Aunt Mickey thing. We lock them yeah. in their room. Cook them, and they cook have them some to nice work. food. Uh, no, we they deliver. <laughs> I don't. We, no, I, I, I'm a good cook. You could good cook, yeah. but basically what I would do. Carrot and stick. It was my idea is that they're in their room, and, and hopefully these are people who are screenplay writers, maybe right. people with a little money. So they have this huge entertainment center. So while they're working, I'm just watching some movies right. and, and, and procrastinating myself. Right. Unless I bring someone there while I'm watching wait th- this is like a, the mirror in the mirror in the right. mirror anyway <laughs> I, I'd like to start this business yeah I think it sounds good I mean there's a that whole problem of getting started getting so Roy Blunt Jr. had this idea for writers and I think it would work for songwriters too that we should have these coveralls that we put on you know and yours would say Jill on the pocket like on the breast pocket you know like kind of a coverall you zip up the front of it and then you know you're at work because the problem if you're a writer or a songwriter, you never know you're at work. When are you at work? You know, you're at work when you're performing on stage. Right. But when you're songwriting, there's not a really good signal that you're at work. But if you put the cover all on, you'd know. Right. And I, I never had that. I think it's you, you start the habit of, of that kind of brill building thing right. of where you get they all up wore in the coveralls. morning. They wore coveralls. Yeah. That was their job. <laughs> That's right. Carol King, Neil Sedaka, all those people, they had these yeah. red coveralls. They'd zip them up and they'd start writing songs. Uh, yeah, or, or Irving Berlin. Do you yeah. think he procrastinated? 
No, he definitely did not procrastinate. He did not procrastinate. No. So I, I still am trying to figure out how to create these habits. And thus, this song also has – there's a lot going on to it. Right. For instance, I was in a um, a relationship that, that broke up about a year and a half ago. And as I'm leaving town on Sunset Boulevard, and I can't say who this is, mm-hmm. on the billboard – was a huge picture of, of this person. person and feeling like, yeah, you're happy for the person because you still, but the other thing is like, it wasn't man. Tom, it wasn't Tom Bergeron. It wasn't Tom Bergeron. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just as talented mm-hmm. in a different way, yeah. but I didn't maybe discipline or work on my craft and that makes me feel, uh, 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 I, I didn't, do that bro building thing or I didn't pick the right smart choices instead of you know what I'm gonna work all day writing on a song about towels or something kind of weird and depressing or strange instead of going okay I'm gonna write a song that could maybe make me an income right that well, was not my I no. felt like I was I always lived like like I was a trust fund kid, mm-hmm. but there was absolutely no <laughs> trust fund at all. I kept asking my mom, when are you going to tell me? Right. It never happened. Right. The dad invited vended paper clips or something, you know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. I think, you know, I was listening to that song and I could hear a lot of that, what you just said in the song. And I think, but I think everybody, everybody has that. I mean, look, zillions of people would like to be Jill Solbiel. There are a lot of people who wish they had your body of work, that they had, you know, that kind of tremendous songwriting talent, that they had the kinds of fans that you have. There's a lot of people who think, I have frittered my, I, maybe I could have been Jill Sobiel if I'd focused a little bit more and tried a little bit harder. And so then you're looking one step up and one step up. And there's probably Ariana Grande sitting around thinking, geez, how, where did I go wrong? How come I'm not, you know? I could be Cardi B, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there you couldn't actually. See, there's some realities that you bump up against at a certain point. But. Well, and the other thing is, is, is then that's the whole idea of success is that I remember one of my first big exciting gigs in Denver, Colorado was I, I played a Holiday Inn on Colorado Boulevard and my name was, you know, in little yeah. writing around like four people I, I did two hours a night and I felt like, holy smoke, yeah. I've made it. And then – but I, I, I think you do you, – you, Especially now with the the music industry changing, mm-hmm. it is it it is. Sometimes you do feel like a, a, a beeper salespeople. Yeah, I mean, once again, I have the same thing. Sometimes I sort of feel like, oh well, I should have done this, or I had this offer and I didn't take it. You could have been Tom Bergeron. I could have been Tom Bergeron. I could have really, I could have been somebody. But, but we think of, I think of you as a big, successful, NPRE, amazing host. Uh, well, but see, I think the real test is. Are you happy doing what you do? Like I come in here every day and I'm happy and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy, uh, you know, and uh, like I could, I don't know, I could be working someplace else with a better job that paid me more money and being more famous. But if I wasn't feeling kind of rooted and happy and I sense, you know, notwithstanding your neuroses, self-doubts and finally being treated adult ADD, um, that you're basically, aren't you pretty happy being who you are and playing the songs that you play? Yeah, I, I, I the think done deal, you know? it is it is a done deal. I just want to do more. I'm not right. I'm not I, 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 I am 
I, I'll tell you what I think. I've never had a, a substance abuse problem. Mm. And, but I understand. I mean, I think in the last few years, especially the news cycle, mm. I get up in the morning instead of writing and I'm looking at what's the latest outrage. Right. What, you know, today had to know about, my, you know, Michael Cohen. Uh, uh, and, and every second there's something going on. But I, it can wait. Mm-hmm. I could have – my best time is writing in the morning. Mm-hmm. But instead – because it's so seductive and it's so crazy what's going on in the world right now. I do think that that does get in the way of the creative process. The other thing, well, we sh- you should do a song and then we can talk some more about this. You do a song from yeah. the new album. I, I, I assume you want to do some of that. And... Yes. Uh, w- would you rather hear uh, what you, I too, I love these things, Island of Lost Things, uh, I p- or uh, which is being played, or I put my headphones. I love on. the headphones. I mean, I love Island of Lost Things, but you did it last I time. I did it last time. Yeah. That's right. And headphones is a great tune. Um, here we go. I'm in the wings when you push me on. I never learn. The words to the songs And there I stand naked They're staring at me Laughing at me I'm by the locker Turning the dial The hallway is empty It stretches for miles Then I'm on a boat Headed over the falls You reach for my but it just breaks off Suddenly wake up was only a dream Back in the guilt cage that you made for me When you are working or fast asleep I put my headphone on I put my headphone on I'm in the backyard, bearing the bones Don't know why I did it, hope no one will know I can't seem to hide the remains of my crime Never learned to fly Suddenly wake up was only a dream Back in the guilt cage that you made for me there might be someone who listened to me I put my headphones on I put my headphones on Flip the record, headphones on Cohen sparked the seventh song Jonas sings, love is gone Love is gone Genesee and 17 that song from 10 cc lone again naturally someone has it worse than me sam stone major tom captain jack and delta dawn alvin tustic sweet jane music wash away my pain i put my headphones on Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. 
So I'm back in the studio still with Jill Sobiel. It's so great. She's at the Mark Twain house tonight and tomorrow night playing in the library. It will be on team. Uh, and so you should get a ticket and go. Uh, and you can also, and I've been at one of these. Jill does these our house concerts. You can go on our website, which I believe is jillsobiel.com, and you can find out how to do have Jill Sobiel come to your house. And you have your friends over, and it, it's also very on team. Um, and then you can lock Jill in a room and make her write more songs and slide food under the door the way her aunt did. Oh, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> no, don't. That might not be amazing. <laughs> that's like the room. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Room. Room. So it is interesting how um, lyrics are sometimes hard to decode or hard to hear or you just can't. Like I discovered last year that a Beach Boy song that I was singing my whole life I was singing the wrong words. It was uh, California Girls, and there's this thing, I dig a French bikini on the wild isle of dogs. And I used to think, well, well the wild isle of dogs, you know, which turns out to be a Wes Anderson movie, but like, you know, but it, that's not what they're singing at all. And I've, I must have sung it, I don't know, <laughs> 800 times, the wild isle of dogs. So in this, so pick this, pick that song up from Janice Ian or somewhere around there. Can yeah, you do so that? Yeah, so it's like, uh, uh, Alone against someone as it was a Sam Stone, Major Tom, Captain Jack and Delta Dawn, Alvin Tustic, Sweet Jane, music wash away my pain. So on the site Genius.com where they put people's lyrics up and then people can annotate them and, and comment on them and stuff like that, they have, uh, they have it mostly right, but they do have Captain Jack and Delta Dawn, Albert Does It, which is clearly not what you're singing. What are you singing? Uh, Alvin Tustic, who was Levon's father in the, the Elton John song, Levon. Yeah, He Shall Be Levon. Which was a song that was a total mystery to me when I was a kid. Is it, 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 really is it less of a mystery now to you? I think so, and it kind of a bum. No, it's actually kind of a bummer when you find out things because I think right. that uh, uh, Elton John or Bernie Tuppence, they, they were just like, he didn't know what the heck he was writing. No. He was just writing, it sounded good. And, and to me, when I was a kid... I analyzed that, and there was something so deep and amazing about that song. And I thought it was about a, 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 a small, you know, I don't know, a boy with a learning disability that that was abused. I came up with this whole story. But I don't know. Authorial intent is an interesting thing, but it's not the dispositive thing, too, right? There's a lot of James Joyce stuff that people are just messing about with, and I think he's he would be quite happy to know that people are incorrectly interpreting some oh, fanciful yeah. rubbish that he was putting up there. And I, I think that's sort of okay. I think you should make that song what you want it to be about. Bernie Taupin isn't going to show up ringing your doorbell complaining about it. I he? do want to ask him about We Built This City <laughs> on Rock and Roll. <laughs> but, yeah, I ha- I've had people come up to me and ask me about uh, – Oh, really? People say, what does that mean? What's that about? And then I've had that You're So Vain thing, like someone, you know, I had a song called Sad Beauty on my very first record. Sad Beauty is such a great song. And someone asked me, someone <laughs> says, well, that I went out with goes, you wrote that about me, didn't yeah. you? It was like, no, I didn't. I haven't even thought about you. That's actually a song I've rediscovered lately. And I've been, really? yeah. Can you play it? Can you play any of it? Oh, I, you I, know I, what? I, my fear is that it's. You write so many songs. And, when and I see you next time, you'll, I will you'll have, have worked you, up you a really good what? version. Yeah. That record, yeah. 
I think because I had a bad experience in the studio. 1990, I think, came out. It was uh, that I've kind of dismissed it, and now I'm starting to rediscover Sad it. Sad Beauty is a really good song. It's Sad Beauty, is, but I've started picking up. There's one song called Pilar, which I actually played last night for the first time in ages. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm uh, rediscovering that. Yes. All right. I think you should do another song from the new album, and then we'll we'll. I think we're going to bring in the uh, maybe Betsy Kaplan. You can start mustering the uh, Dan Costi Tabernacle Choir. Get them ready to sing. And um, oh, oh yeah. So before that, though, Betsy Kaplan is pointing out we need to discuss the headphone song. Yeah, in, let, I'd in like to talk to, about the headphone. Let's talk song. about the d- headphone song that you did. Um, what would you like to know about it? Well, I mean, obviously, it's about. I mean, music. There's something inarguable about music. Like your life could be in this very debatable, crappy state, or you could get towards the end of the day and just wonder, you know, what kind of life this is or something. And then music has a way of just sort of you can't argue with it, right? It starts talking to you. That's what I'm taking out of that song that you could put your headphones on. And well, yeah. When I when I was uh, this song actually works really well with the the seventh grade mm-hmm. musical because it really was talking about you know I had my AM, FM radio, and I had this curly cue, and I had my brother's big Koss headphones. Yeah. Do you remember those? They, oh, they, yeah. And, and it must have covered my entire face. <laughs> and to me, it was a way of, you know, I had a, a, a it was a tough time for me, mm-hmm. you know, with peers and, and family fighting and, you know, a, so the headphones were both shutting out the world, mm-hmm. but bringing in all this other stuff, bringing in the music, bringing in these characters. And that's probably why I love story songs and songs about characters. So I, I had, you know, Lola. Mm-hmm. I, I had uh, Eleanor Rigby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had all these stuff. People that had it worse than me. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I, I think I was always attracted to, even as a kid, I remember listening to jo- you know, the Joni's Court and Spark and, and thinking uh, that the one lyric, you know, the pleasure I'll have watching your hairline recede my vein, darling, and thinking, you know, I was a seventh grader. What did I know about mature <laughs> love or anything? Or, or Rogaine. Or Rogaine. I didn't. <laughs> but somehow... That I connected and it made me feel better to listen to to that. Sad songs are right. healing, I think. Right when you when you when you have the blues, there's two ways you can go. You could try to listen to a happy song to make you happy, or you can go the homeopathic route and listen to sadder songs That's and great. see if you hit bottom, you know, and then bounce back up. Like I always feel like the saddest song ever written is the Bonnie Raitt song "I Can't Make You Love Me," because like really at that point. You know, I mean, that, that, there's like no way out of that situation. That's, that is maybe the saddest song ever written. But I discovered, do you want to have that song wrecked for you? No, please, okay. please. No, yes, I do want to have it wrecked. Thank you. It was written by a former NFL lineman. This wait, is true. wait, wait, wait. This is true. Dick Buckus? No, no, it wasn't no. Dick, Dick Buckus. <laughs> Dick Buckus wrote uh, Wives Become Lovers, actually. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, it was written by a former NFL lineman. And he had read a story about a guy who had, like, shot up his girlfriend's car or something. And he told the judge, I just figured out, Your Honor, you can't make nobody love you if they don't. And so this NFL lineman took that as the inspiration for this song. So that makes it a little – it takes a little bit of the <laughs> – I told you I was going to wreck the song. But it, it gave it, me permission. It's also her performance. Right. Oh, her, yeah. Oh, her, yeah. No. Her performance of it was, was, uh, was so stellar and gorgeous. The choir is coming in here. 
They are? Yeah. Are we doing that song well, or another one? I think, well, no, I think, well, first of all, we have to do, I think to warm them up, they're going to do good. Hi, guys. It, Hello. This is the hey, Dan, Dan Kosky. Hey, everybody. Yeah, everybody's coming in. So, um, this is the Dan Kosky Tabernacle Choir coming in. Gosh, I was just going to do the most depressing song, but I'm not going no. to right now. I think, I think we should do uh, It's a Good Life, because, first of all, that's a good sing-along song, and then we can talk about the Merry Christmas one, too. Yeah, Okay. Christmas. But there, that's that's a tough song if you don't know it. But yeah, we, that's true. Good life. So it is that you know. I have the lyrics. Let me just go grab this. I'll go the lyrics. All, all they need to know is it's a good life. That's the yeah, only that's part really where this is course. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's so just to give you, this is a, a happy love song about Armageddon. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow the ground may shake. Like they said it was bound to happen one day The Hollywood sign will fall The final call Don't you fret and don't be blue You had me and I had you It was a good life It was a good, good life Tomorrow we could all be gone When the Russian gangsters sell the bomb And the waves come roaring from the sea A hundred foot swells over Venice Beach Don't be scared and take my hand We'll swim into the promised land It was a good life Oh yeah it was a good, good life. It was a good life. It was a good, good life. Tomorrow a tiny cell might grow. And everyone and it's not the coal. Or a hole in the sky will open wide. The aliens land on the 105. If it comes to that, what can we do? You had me and I had you. It was a good life. That's right. It was a good, good life. It was a good life. It was a good, good life. I said a boom, boom, crash, crash underneath the overpass. Burning buildings, flying glass, a good life. On the day the earth stood still, we won't have to pay our bills. As the mud slides down the hill, a good life. We won't have to make our beds, break out the booze. And like I said, let's have a ball before we're dead. A good life. Let the pious rise above. We'll go down in our sweet love. It was a good, good. And everybody sings one, two, three. It was a good life. Oh, yeah. It was a good, good life. It was a good life. It was a good, good life. It was a good life. Woo! Woo!
So that was Jill Sobiel and the Dankowski Tabernacle Choir. I think we should try the Christmas. Do you want to try to do the Christmas Merry Christmas from the family? Do you yeah, feel up to that? Yeah, okay, but not? before we do that, some cautions have to go out. So the caution is that this is being done in lieu of fundraising during the show. So I realize that you want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it less likely that you might call 1-800-584-2788 and make a donation. But at some point during this hour, before 2 o'clock, maybe, like, maybe Jill and I can try to be really boring for about five minutes, uh, call 1-800-584-2788. Or you can be listening to this and be online at, uh, by going at wnpr.org slash donate or wnpr.org and look for the Donate Now button. Make a donation. Pledge during this show. If you think this is more fun than listening to people kind of, you know, harangue you, then then you should support this and then maybe we'll do more things like this. Let me also introduce the uh, Dankowski Tabernacle Choir. It's uh, Katie Tularski, Carmen Baskoff, Scott Breedy, Bill Hennessy. Uh, do I get, did I get that wrong? But Bill Bob. Bob, Bill Bob. Bob Hennessy. Uh, I'm very excited. Carlos Mejia, Jonathan McNichol, uh, John Dankowski himself, Lydia Brown, and Betsy Kaplan, senior producer of the show. So, um, and you should see them. They're all wearing hot pants and right. halter tops. Yeah. It's like spangly. Like. <laughs> so um, so uh, we're going to do the Christmas song. This is like a cover song, right? This, this is, is a Robert Earl Keane song right. that I recorded back uh, back when. And there's a really good video version of your version of it. Yeah, one thing about this song is that when we recorded it, I wanted the band completely completely almost blackout drunk. So if you listen, <laughs> because I wanted it sloppy, and if you hear the recording of it, you could hear the drummer drop his drumsticks and pick them up. Yeah. yeah. They are all blackout drunk, too. I just think I get to, too. Well, yeah. So what's the chorus? What do they have to know to do? Or do you just want to... It's a long chorus. It's, yeah. a, it's a lot of words. Yeah. But you guys have sheets, yeah. right? Oh, they have sheets. Okay, good. Okay, so the... Mom got drunk and dad got drunk at our Christmas party. We were drinking champagne punch and homemade eggnog. Little sister brought a new boyfriend. He was a Mexican. We didn't know what to do with him till he sang. Police Navidad, Police Navidad. Hey, can I look at the lyrics with you? Thank you! <laughs> Brother Cam brought his kids with him. The three from his first wife, Lynn. And the two identical twins from his second wife, Mary Nell. Of course, he brought his new wife, Kate. Talks all about AA. Chain smoking while the stereo plays. Noel, Noel, the first Noel. Carve the turkey, turn the ball game on. Mix margarita when the eggnog's gone. Send somebody to the quick pack store. We need some ice and Cord. A canopy to bend some diet right. A box of tampons and some Marlboro lights. Well, hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. Oh, yeah. Fred and Rita drove from home. 
home in they blue our Christmas lights because of David knew just what went wrong so we waited on our front lawn he threw the breaker and the lights came on and we sang silent night silent Turkey turned the ball game on. Make blood and marriage, cause we all want one. Send somebody to the stop and go. We need some celery and a can of baked snow. A bag of lemons and some diet sprites. A box of tampons and some Salem lights. Well, hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family again. Hallelujah, everybody say cheese. Merry Christmas from the family. Feliz Navidad. You gotta give to the NPR. You gotta give. Oh, yeah. Maliminal messages. <laughs> Subliminal, I mean. Millennial. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. All right. Bye. Dan Kosky, Tabernacle Choir, thank you for coming in here. Thank you, thank you. Go back to work. All right. So that, that is in lieu of someone haranguing you from a break room. So now you have to do this. You have to call 1-800-584-2788. Say something about how much you loved the, the singing or how much you never want to hear that happen again. Uh, whatever. 1-800-584-2788. And if you do that, and if we can maybe like, you know, get a couple of thousand dollars in this hour, uh, it'll help me persuade people who need sometimes some persuading that we should do something different sometimes and raise money differently. So uh, that's that's not why we brought Jill Sobiel. In fact, you, Jill Sobiel, we should say that you have turned fundraising into a performance art in and of itself for you, right? I mean, one of the things that you've done is figured out a different way to fund album making and then made it part of your art. Yes, I mean back uh, before there was Kickstarter, I I did uh, the, the 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 model which they actually took a, a lot from of uh, the different levels of contribution and and to me trying to because it's horrible. I don't like the, you know, asking people and the you know self-funded crowdsourcing. So trying to make it as creative and fun as possible. Mm. Uh, so giving different fun levels like, you know, you, you, I'll write you a theme song or things like that. And well, so well, you're I'm, right. With yeah. the, I, th I like your idea right now, what you're doing. On the new album, I, I, at least on the version of it that I've heard, there is something called Donor Song, right? Where you kind of sing the names of some Yes, that, that was one level where I sing the name. You just get your name people. in a song. Yeah, you, don't get, you don't get your whole Fred theme Savage from The Wonder Years is in it. He's in it? Yeah. He's in, he's in it. All yes. right. So, and, but then if you give more, if you're Tom Bergeron, who we keep mentioning You here, get a theme song. You get a theme song. So you but it. you don't even know who the top dog was. No. Do I, should I know? Do well, I'll it tell a big you. Secret? Yeah, okay. No, no, no. It's not a big secret. Okay. For I, it was a total joke. Yeah. Total joke for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I will put you on my album forever on any album as my personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. And who probably someone did. did that. Yeah, Tom Cruise. No, no, the guy who created Buffy. 
Really? Joss Whedon? Yes. Okay, can I tell you a quick, quick Joss Whedon show? Yes. A story? So, a that's joke. really great. No, it's not a joke. <laughs> well, it is sort of a joke. So we decided we were going to do a show about Joss Whedon. But we also were, had been told emphatically that Joss Whedon would not be on this show. And then as the show developed, and we were actually going to some of his mentors, like he went to Wesleyan not too far from here, and there's still a professor there who was a big important factor. And I think it sort of got back to Joss Whedon that we were doing this show. And then we were told that Joss Whedon would be on this show, but for like seven minutes and 20 seconds or something. It was like this very sort of finite circumscribed here amount of time. On the, no, he was just oh, going to call in. He was going to listen, and he's going to call in. So then he winds up like calling in earlier, and he stayed, he stayed for like, it turns out he really liked being on a show about Joss Whedon uh, rather That's than fantastic. have a lot of other people. Yeah, so we, were, we felt that this was a good – we're going to try this with other inapproachable people. So he took some of that Avengers money and threw it at you. That's what you're saying. Well, also because I, I – uh, his uh, – a friend at the time asked for to get a uh, present for him. This was like four years ago, mm. and he was a fan of mine. And she asked if I would write a Christmas song for him. So I wrote a Christmas song for somebody that has everything, and it was really funny. All right. So, so we're going to take a break. Uh, if you're somebody who feels like you have everything and would like to give a part of it to us, first of all, you should know that Jill Silbiel is going to be in the Mark Twain house tonight uh, in Mark Twain's library. Uh, I think Mark Twain would totally approve. I knew him pretty well before he died. Very nice guy. Uh, so uh, you can get tickets to that at themarktwainhouse.org. And you can also call to support this show uh, at 1-800-584-2788. There's all kinds of thank you gifts that we can offer you, but I don't know what they are right now or what the various giving levels are. But just take my word for that. Or you can go online at wnpr.org donate or click the Donate Now button at wnpr.org and you can make a pledge. And that will reassure people in this building that there are different ways to do this and different ways to get people involved in, in funding the efforts of this station. We're going to take a break now. We're going to come back with more Jill Sobiel after this. All right. We are back. Uh, uh, when I say we, uh, I mean Jill Sobiel and I. Uh, you heard also the Dankosky Tabernacle Choir. They'll, they'll actually be back probably not today, but it's a, for some other event. Uh, they usually come back for the big Al Anderson show. Between the holidays, I love Alan. I know you guys. I didn't realize you guys are kind of buddies. Yeah, well, come back, come back, and uh, yeah. Be when a, is it? I think it's like the twenty sixth or seventh or something like that. And we do it like you know those. Remember when you were growing up, and there would be those holiday specials, and there'd be like a knock at the door, you know, and and some the host would go, "Oh, it's Claudine Lager, come on in here," you know. So we kind of do it that way. You could be one of the people who knocks I love at the door. that. I want to do this uh, uh, web series or stuff. I've yeah. had an idea of, of like a Jill After Dark. Yes. Or Colin After Dark, where it's like we all, we have a piano player, we all, you could wear an ascot. Right. And, but we have guests coming in who are all like musicians or poets or artists or I, scientists. Th- play, I mean, except for the fact that it was Hugh Hefner and Playboy. Playboy After the Dark was actually kind of a good show in some ways. I, there's a Sammy Davis sequence where he's like just climbing all over the furniture singing and just tearing the place apart. And he's just tremendous. Uh, you, you can find that on the YouTube. The YouTube and yeah. Jerry Garcia. Oh, and Harry Nilsson. Really? Uh, Harry Nilsson does a song called Good Old Desk, uh, which I thought I was – I don't know that song. Well, I don't know if it's been recorded. He does a song good, called Good Old Desk. And then I ran into him. He was doing a show down at the Goodspeed. Um, this is not very good musical down at the good speed. Uh, and so I ran into him in the bar and I, I asked him about this thing. And he said, well, that was about God, good old desk. And I, I said, well, that wrecks it. I really wanted it just to be about your desk. 
Um, wow. So it's another ruin. We're ruining a lot of songs. So you today. got to talk to him. Yeah. I didn't get to talk to him when he was stone cold sober. Let's just put it that oh, way. Oh, those were the, the, the yeah. yeah right. uh, anyway, you've got to do a song from the new album, yes. which is Nostalgic Kills is the new album. You should get the new album. Get your tickets to go to the Mark Twain House and library. and People can get my record on. They can get it on vinyl. They can get downloads on it. They could go to jillsobiel.com. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, and I have really cool Nostalgic Hill t-shirts. Just tell oh, really? people. Oh, really? I know about Oh, yeah, I'll give you one. No, no, I'll buy, I'll buy oh, my no, own no, t-shirt. No, 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 <laughs> Oh, my Lord, I think I saw the light. It was in the kitchen. Blinking all so bright And standing there was an angel Making angel dust She said, go grab your blanket And you can come with us I don't want to wake up I don't want to wake up I don't want to wake up don't want to wake up Oh my Lord I think I've been redeemed To tell the honest truth I always wanted to believe And now I'm flying Flying through the skies Snakes down there below me They can't jump
Jill Sobule with one of her non-goofy songs uh, from <laughs> Nostalgic Hills. Um, so the good news is I have like a whole interpretation that takes that song, the work of the British religious historian and theologian, uh, Karen Armstrong, who you were reading, and the work of the five, five Stair Steps who did Ooh Baby, and the work of Warren Zevon, who you cover on this album, Don't Let Us Get Sick, and I can pull them all together into one comprehensive, coherent statement. The bad news is that we're essentially out of time here. So, <laughs> what the? so uh, what you can do is, first of all, get your tickets to the uh, Mark Twain uh, event, which is tonight and tomorrow night in the library. Be close to Bill, to Jill Sobiel, not too close, but comfortably close to Jill Sobiel. Uh, and also call to support this show, 1-800-584-2788, 1-800-584-2788, or go online at WNPR.org. You can support it that way. I think I hear our regular theme music coming up. It's so great to visit with you. It's such a joy. We always have a good time. We always have a good We should make Excellent. a regular. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, a podcast. We, we got the, domi- the, the uh, procrastinatrix thing that we're starting with the Blazers. With the and the bunny ears or oh, whatever you said. No, I think cat, 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 cat ears. ears and maybe tails too. I'm. I'd love to see that on you. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see it on me too. Uh, all right. So we have to go. Thanks very much. Thanks to Betsy Kaplan who ran around making sure that things actually happen correctly, and to Kion Wolf who basically did the same thing. <laughs>